We are blessed. Let's pray a moment. Lord, thank you for your presence. Lord, will you, will you show us where you want us to go? What, what path you want us to take? Move us, Lord. Move us from where we are right now to where you want us to be. Again, Lord, we pray for that still, small voice. May it ring in our ears. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. It was way back in 1965 that the Rolling Stones came out with a song, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Because I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. I can't get no satisfaction. They went around the world making lots of money singing that song. They even came to Moscow when I lived there in Moscow, Russia. They came and did this huge concert on Red Square. Thousands of young people packed Red Square. Most of them hadn't even been born in 1965. And the biggest excited yell that came from that Russian crowd is when this happened. That's enough. That's enough of that. Because they knew what was coming. They knew. I can't get no satisfaction was coming. Did you hear what the choir sang? Did you see the title? The title was, Who Can Satisfy? It seems like at least sometime in someone's life, they're wondering, they're, they're concerned about satisfaction. What can satisfy me? Now the Rolling Stones say, you can't get no. That's what they say. But the choir says that true satisfaction comes from the throne of God through Jesus Christ our Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's been a long time since that first Easter Sunday. It's been two weeks for us. But it's been a long time since that first Easter Sunday. Since the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you know, really, there's been a lot of religious water under the bridge since then. Been 2,000 years. Is it possible, after 2,000 years, that God, after all this time, can truly satisfy us or not? What do you think? In your bulletin today, I don't know how many of you read this stuff in here. We really put a lot of time into this. I don't know if you read it, but I put a little blurb in there. They call it in the office the pastor's blurb. And about Wednesday, Marcia says to me, Pastor, don't forget your blurb. So here's what it said this week. I want to know what it takes to get closer to God. What needs to happen in my life to draw closer to Him and to find His will for my life? Can I really know Him? Can the God of all creation really guide little old me? I believe with all my heart that He can, that God can draw us closer. God really can help us know Him like never before. God can guide me. All it takes is IPFW. 
All it takes is IPFW. You see, I believe that God is capable. No, He is more than capable of satisfying people like you and me. All it takes is living faithfully each day by the right formula. Living according to God's plan. Living a life that is connected to the vine. Jesus says in John chapter 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. You are living the way that God planned and intended when you are connected to the vine. I am the vine, he says. All it takes is IPFW. Now I know that some of you are thinking that means Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne, two names, one university. I know that's probably what you're thinking, but no, no, that's not what I think anymore. When I see the the letters, the four letters, IPFW, you, you know what I think? Here's what I think. I look at these four letters and say, that is the formula for living my life in a way that pleases God. Here it is. First of all, I pray. The P stands for Prayer, IPFW, I pray. Now, you know what? Uh, You're going to be so disappointed. You thought there's going to be some kind of a real profound, funny, cute little thing answer to what IPFW. You're going to be so disappointed. I know you are. But the first one is, I pray. You see, for us, prayer is who we are. It's who we are supposed to be. Did you know that God wants prayer to define your life and mine? Did you know that God wants our prayer life to be so intimate that it is a, a, a continuous flow from God to me? First Thessalonians 5.17 simply says, pray continually. Pray without ceasing. I pray. We cannot possibly, it is not possible to overemphasize the importance of prayer in your life and mine. It is not possible to overemphasize the importance of consistent prayer in your life and mine. Or honest prayer. Or intimate prayer. Or down deep in your gut prayer. It is not possible to overemphasize the need for that in the lives of people like us. You see, I pray. In the Old Testament, there are many verses. One of them says this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Old Testament. New Testament, another familiar verse. Jesus says, My house will be called a house of prayer. Oh, and there it is again. It's all through God's Word. You see, God wants His people to be people of prayer. God wants you to be a person of prayer. Not just this now and then business. No, we're done with that. No, it is a person of prayer. The the way you pray in such a way that it defines you. That people know that just because they're hanging around you, there's something something different about you. What is it? I'm a follower of Christ? No, 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 no. I've met many of those. You know, it it is, I pray. I am passionate with God, and I I actually take time to pray. God wants me to be a pastor of prayer. Somebody say amen. God wants this place to be a house 
of prayer. IPFW. I pray. Too many of us, I think, look at prayer, what I, say, what I would call upside down. We, we, we come to prayer, or we are moved to pray, many of us, only when there's a need. The only time I pray is when I feel burdened, or when there is a need, or a difficult situation in my life. We, we use prayer as a last resort. We try everything we can think of humanly to, to, to figure it out. And then as a last resort, we pray. It's kind of like dangling at the, the, you know, by our fingertips. Okay, now I'm going to pray. You know, for people of God like you and me, prayer should not be our last resort. It should be our first instinct. I like that so much, I'm going to say it again. Prayer should not be our last resort, brothers and sisters. It should be. God intends it to be our first instinct. Now, having said all that, there is nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with asking God for stuff, for things, when when we're burdened. Of course there's not. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us to cast all your burdens on Him. He cares for you. The Bible even tells us to be persistent in our asking. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, Then Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray, always pray, always pray, and not give up. And then He went on to tell them the parable of the persistent widow. Asking, 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 asking. She was obnoxious. And Jesus said, guys, that's how you pray. So, so you see, asking is okay, except when it defines our prayer life. And that's the extent of our prayer life. It's okay to ask. I, I, I read a, a true story about a prayer answer, two, two prayers answered this week. It's pretty cool. There was a pastor that was working in his backyard. And he had this tree in his yard, and his little kitten climbed the tree and got up in the tree and wouldn't come down. So he got up in the tree, and it, was a, it wasn't a strong tree, it wasn't strong enough to hold his weight, but it was a substantial tree. The, the, the kitten was way up, t- up tall, up high, so he got some warm milk and said, come on kitten, here's the warm milk, nothing. Got a little one, one of her little toys and wiggled it and all this, Nothing. And so he had an idea. He said, you know what? If I tie a rope around this lower branch and the other rope, and I tie it onto the bumper of the car, and I just slowly drive, the tree will come down and I can reach up and grab the, the cat. That's what I'm going to do. So he ties the rope to the bumper, to the tree, and he's moving slowly. He's watching the tree. He's watching the tree. And it gets almost to the place where he's going to stop, and the rope breaks. And it goes, boing, and there goes the cat. Into the stratosphere. He was, he was very upset. Went all over the neighborhood looking for this poor little cat and said a prayer. Lord, I leave the cat in your hands. I pray that all the time, by the way. Lord, I leave all the cats in your hands. But he prayed, Lord, I leave the cat in your hands. A couple days later, he was in the grocery store. 
who's walking through the grocery store, and this happens to me. You run into somebody that's a parishioner. You know, I can't ever be angry. I can't ever be. I have to be good all the time because I keep running into you folks, which is good. That's good. But he ran into a lady that goes to his church. And he was there talking to her, and he noticed in her basket was a thing of cat food. And he said, what is this with you? You can't stand cats. And she said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. My little girl, my eight-year-old daughter has been praying, or has been asking me for months for a cat. And you know I can't stand cats. So I've been saying, no, 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 no. She wore me down. So I said, I said, listen, honey, if God gives you a cat, you can have it. And so she walked out, Pastor, I, she walked out into the backyard and knelt in the yard, folded her little hands. I watched the whole thing, Pastor. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. She prayed that God would give her a cat, and right then, out of the sky, right in front of her, dropped a cat. That's why I'm buying cat food, Pastor. You see, God answers prayer. He answered the pastor's prayer and the little girl's prayer. It's okay to ask. There's nothing wrong with that unless it is the extent of your prayer or unless it's the only time you're moved to pray. Then you're praying upside down. Prayer, first and foremost, is a relationship with God. Our first thought when we think of prayer should be, I want to know God. That's my purpose. I want to know God. To seek His face before we ask for His help. Lately, I have been asking God to renew my mind and my thinking as far as prayer is concerned. I'm asking Him, Lord, teach me to pray. If there's something that I think about prayer that needs to be tweaked, Lord, I'm I'm asking you, teach me to pray. And, And lately, what seems to be coming back from God is, I want to know you. Or I want you to know me. I want you to spend time with me. That's, that's what God seems to be saying to me. I just want you to spend time with me. You see, in praying, God is offering himself to us. In praying, he is saying, I will be your God and you will be my people. He is saying, I am all yours. Know me. And I've got to tell you that lately... The, the, the wonderful times I've been having with God, nothing that I've ever asked Him for ever in my life compares to what I've been experiencing lately. Just being with Him. <laughs> Just praying to know Him. You see, IPFW, I pray. You know, from time to time, There are things that happen in our lives that prompt us to pray or that help us to pray. And I think that one of those times or one of those things is, for example, a prayer revival. You remember we had a prayer revival back in February. Many of you said that really helped me move forward and get closer to God and and understand prayer a little bit better. Great. Amen. How about a 14-week prayer study for men? You see, some of the men have said, you know, Pastor, this is really helping me in my prayer life. 
Things that come along from time to time to help us in our prayer life. Or how about this 24-7 prayer room that we're going we're gonna to open up in, in, later in May. That's another thing that can prompt us or help us to embrace this thing called prayer and really get it once and for all. May 21st to May 31st starts our prayer room. We've never done it, but we're going to try it. We're going to just do it. 24 hours a day for 10 days. 241 hour slots. Just praying and seeking God. You see... When we do things like that out of the ordinary, we expose ourselves more to what God wants to do in us and through us, to speak to us. The first purpose of prayer is to know God. Everything else is secondary. You, have a, you, have, you need a job? Secondary to knowing God in prayer. You got a health problem? Secondary to knowing God. You got a, you got a grown child that is away from the Lord? Secondary to knowing God. Because what happens is, out of this knowledge of God, we can better impact and understand what needs to happen in these secondary things that are important too. The first thing, the first purpose of prayer is to know God. Everything else is second. Pray. I Pray, IPFW. The second thing is, I fast. I told you, I told you this is, this is probably going to disappoint you. I fast. The F stands for fast, IPFW. Precious memories come to my mind about when we fasted as a church family for 40 days a couple years ago. Many of you said, Pastor, that really was good, that really helped me. It was such a blessing. In Matthew chapter 6, 16, Jesus said to his disciples, right after teaching them to pray, he says, and when you fast, it is something that they used in the first century as part of their discipline, as part of their routine to seek God. Somewhere in our lives, brothers and sisters, somehow fasting needs to be in there somewhere. I want to know him. I pray. I fast. Tradition tells us that the disciples, after Pentecost, they fasted and prayed every Wednesday and Friday. From morning to about mid-afternoon, every Wednesday and Friday. Still, some groups today practice that same thing. There is one main motive in fasting, and that is simply to seek God and to know Him. I want to know Christ, don't you? Would you pray and consider where fasting would fit into your life? It doesn't have to be a huge deal. One meal a week, one day a month, till the afternoon, two days a week like they did in the old days, uh, till, till mid-afternoon, or something like that. There's other ways. There's lots of other ways to, to build fasting into your, your, your pro- process of seeking God with all your heart. I pray. I fast. And third, I And in the Word. The W stands for Word. IPFW. I am in God's Word. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. 
There's a reason why these verses are so clear. It's because being in God's Word is part of the formula that you and I are called to be part of to seek God and become the people He's longing for us to be. Being in God's Word is His will for you and for me. You know, they say in the political arena that if you don't vote, you shouldn't complain. Maybe we should say in the spiritual arena that if you aren't consistently practicing the formula, I pray, I fast, I am in God's Word, your complaints shouldn't hold much water around here. (laughs) Or your opinion is flawed. You you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? We We are the... We are the... The body of Christ. We are the church, God's church on this earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Should be lived out and illustrated in the church. And that can only happen when people that are spiritually strong are pushing the agenda. So only you can answer this. Maybe your spouse. Are you living according to the formula? I mean, is prayer a part of your life? Fasting now and then? Being in God's Word? IPFW. The basic formula for Christ followers. How are you doing with that, brothers and sisters? How am I doing with that, Father? <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried, and I've tried. I can't get no satisfaction. Well, perhaps the problem is, Mick, that you're looking in the wrong places. The problem is that the only way to really get satisfied in this world and the next is through Jesus Christ our Lord. We just need to be radical about that formula that draws us ever closer to His side. Are you hoping that this Christianity stuff is the answer? Are you, are you hoping that I'm going to try this now and see if this will change anything? See if this will work? I'm going to give it a shot? Brothers and sisters, I can guarantee it, it won't work unless we're consistent with the formula. I pray. I fast. I am in God's Word. Yesterday, are you as warm as I am? Sorry. Yesterday, there was a, in this this, this conference, there was a seminar, there were 16 seminars going on. And I went to the one that was led by a Christian Arab and he talked about Islam and Muslims. It was, it was fascinating. You know what really got me? He said the number one reason that Muslims come to Christ is that they rub shoulders with an authentic follower of Christ. They can't argue with that. Authentic follower of Christ. You know what God has done? 
He is bringing part of the mission field to our front door. And what our brothers and sisters from other parts of the world, brothers and sisters from this part of the world need to see in your life and mine is an authentic follower of Christ. And it happens, brothers and sisters, when we are consistent, when we are radical about the formula. I'm in God's Word. I'm fasting. I am spending time in prayer. Here's my challenge for us this morning. Whenever you drive by IPFW, whenever you hear about it on the news, whenever you read about it in the paper, whenever you meet an IPFW student somewhere, would you allow God to use that as an opportunity to search your heart? Would you allow God to say, you need to get it ratcheted up a little bit, brother or sister. I pray I fast, I'm in the Word. Would you let God search you and take a spiritual inventory every time you go past that institution? Father, we are in desperate need of an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our world. We are praying for it, Lord. We are seeking you. We are anxiously awaiting for you to move in our midst. But often, Lord, that kind of stuff happens when a handful of people get radical and obedient and seek you with all their hearts. What would happen, Lord, in our community if all of us, all of us, would become the people you originally intended us to be. People in intimate communication with you through prayer. People that are willing to give up some stuff to focus on you. And people that spend quality time in the living Word of God. Oh God, may it be so and start with me in Jesus' name. Let's stand together.